when the going gets tough, the tough get excited. Not usually the quote that we hear. <laughs> uh, excitement is usually related to, to fun things and uh, pleasurable things. And tough times are not usually considered fun or pleasurable. But here's a great thing to consider. How would we know how tough and strong we are if we never have tough situations? And if you are a leader and you want to share your leadership skills, how would anybody know that you're a great leader if you are never tested? So how do we deal with tough times and how do we be a leader in tough times? And I'm coming at you, I wanted to chat today outside, but I live in the South Island of New Zealand and it is the hottest, wettest, uh, coldest, snowiest, mistiest, windiest, toughest place, toughest place in New Zealand to live. Apparently, that's what people say to me. So at the moment, it's really windy. There's a storm coming. And I've been here uh, on days when it's been minus five degrees freezing. Today, at my uh, temperature gauge at my washing line, was 41 degrees. Literally, I hung the washing on the line. I could take it straight back off again because it was windy and sunny. And it was that's how hot it was. And I'm sharing that with you because Mother Nature or the weather is one of those things that create tough times. And I've lived on the planet a very long time and most of my life I lived in Australia, but I've also spent time in the USA where Mother Nature goes crazy. Hurricanes and tornadoes and, and uh, horrible things from Mother Nature happen on a regular basis. But then if you add into that Australia where bushfires and floods and droughts and snakes and spiders and all sorts of horrible mother nature stuff happens. Really tough times. Uh, how do you learn to deal with those? Now that's not to even taking into account the government, uh, global financial crisis, worldwide medical pandemic, people doing crazy stuff and then the things that happen in our personal lives and relationships when it comes to divorce and, and horrible people and people stealing and, and horrible stuff happening. The world is, and this is one of my, uh, when I say favorite quotes, I think it's one of the, the most important philosophies as a leader. Bad stuff will always happen and there'll always be bad people. But the world will only ever be a bad place if good people do nothing. And to me, that's about being a great leader. So the first place to start, of course, is what can I control versus what can't I control? And if I can control it, then what am I going to do about it? Now, Mother Nature, I have no control over, but I now live in the, the most wild place in New Zealand. So there's a few things there that are, become very important. Uh, you have to, and this is the strategy for, for leadership, but it's a strategy for any tough time. Number one, which sounds bizarre coming from me, is I have to accept the worst. What is the worst case scenario? I have to accept that. So, for example, I live in, well, my wind engineer shared with us before we ever moved here that I live in the highest wind zone, or you will be living in the highest wind zone in New Zealand. And I did experience twice, uh, or we have experienced, uh, 160 kilometer hour winds, which is quite fast. <laughs> uh, roofs come off, roller doors get blown out, windows get blown out, water tanks get blown away. Uh, it, crazy stuff. Uh, but the wind engineer said, we're going to build your house so that it can withstand that kind of wind. And it did. The next thing is, when you, if you build a house in the bush, in Australia, for example, there's probably going to be a bushfire. If you build a house in a flood zone, there's probably going to be a flood. 
if you build a house in a wind zone, there's probably going to be strong winds. So you either either decide not to live there or you plan for it and or you get insurance for it. So I have no control over what Mother Nature is going to do and I might live here another 100 years and, well, I probably won't be 100, but maybe because by the time I'm, I'm healthy, fit and strong, so maybe by the time I'm 100 I can live another 100. But there may never be another windy day, but I don't know that. So I'm going to plan for the worst wind ever. So yes, great wind engineer. Yes, good insurance. And I've built a garden over this last seven months that is totally designed for heavy wind. So if, and that's why my garden's predominantly rock, because rocks don't blow away. Uh, It's just called planning. So accept the worst case scenario. So first of all, what is it? In your health and fitness situation, or your bo- your health, your body, in your career or business, in your financial situation, in your relationships, what is the worst case scenario that can happen in all of those, which I've shared? Sounds bizarre coming from me, because I'm a real optimist and solution finder, but to me that is being optimistic and a solution finder, because the things that I have control over, I'm going to take control of them. The things I have no control over... I'm going to choose how I react or respond because I have full control over that. So if something terrible happens that I wasn't expecting, that I hadn't planned for, that I didn't have any control over, that's the thing that I either laugh about, learn from, grow from and move on because I had no control over it. So every day, because I have students at the Max International Colleges all over the world, literally multiple countries all over the world, Without fail, every day, somebody's going through something tough. There's been a tornado, there's been a drought, there's been a flood, there's been a a horrible medical situation, there's been a divorce, there's been a death in the family, there's been a terminal illness announcement. Something horrible has happened. People share with me every day horrible things that are happening. As I shared, bad things will always happen and there'll always be bad people doing terrible things. But the world only becomes a bad place when good people do nothing. So if you want to be one of those good people, what do you have to do to plan for those situations? So the strategy again, what is the worst case scenario? Accept that that could happen, and it probably never will, but accept that it will, and then plan for it. So that when it arrives, it's not a shock and it's not a surprise because you were planning for it. And I use my beautiful wind engineer again. He shared with us that it's likely that at some time when you live in the in the, the South Island of New Zealand in central Otago, you're going to have some really strong gale force winds. And we have. So we didn't get surprised when they arrived. We planned for them. Now, nobody in the community planned for 160 kilometer hour winds because they'd never seen them before, not that fast. And some people shared that their gusts were, were more than that. But we when it arrived, it wasn't a shock because we knew that wind happens here. Uh, here's an interesting one. We had a, had a tornado. Now, according to the locals who've lived here their entire lives, 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, there's never been a tornado here. So you can't plan for something that you're not expecting. But since we've had a tornado, there are now people who are planning, of course, for, torn- for tornadoes, including me. Now, I don't think that my garden would survive a tornado. But then you have insurance for that, and if it arrives, you enjoy the experience, and then you do the cleanup. But you have to accept that you live. If you live in a place where there are tornadoes, then there's going to be some, and you have to plan for them, and insure for them, and don't be surprised when they arrive. 
Why am I sharing all of this with you so passionately? Because a lot of people that share horrible things with me and horrible things that have happened to them uh, have been uh, delusionally optimistic, and I use that with respect. So if you if you build a house in the bush in Australia and you don't have bushfire insurance, could that be uh, uh, not a good idea? If you want to build a house there and it's in the bush and it's in Australia, then there's probably going to be a bushfire at some stage, so you need to plan for that. Uh, if you build on a floodplain, and it's an example that uh, came in, and I, we bought a beautiful home on the Gold Coast in Australia, and we were told that it was on, I think, a 100-year or 200-year floodplain. And we bought the house anyway, and we insured for flood. I think it was six, eight weeks that we'd been there, and we had a flood that took out the whole bottom part of, the, out of, of our home. Uh, did I have control over the, the flood? No. What, did I should I have been aware that there was going to be a flood? Yes, I could have been delusional and said, "Well, it's not going to happen in my lifetime because it's two hundred years." But I accepted the worst, planned for the worst, and when it arrived, wasn't surprised because we bought a house on a floodplain. Uh, I would love for all of us as leaders, parents, teachers, coaches, bosses, to have that headspace. Uh, could it be important? Do, or rephrase: Do we have an option? Do we need to accept that the worst can happen? Do we need to plan for the worst? And do we need to make sure that if something happens that we didn't plan for, that wasn't expected, that we know how to handle that? So can I handle stress? When, it, when the going gets tough, do I get excited rather than fall over and stay down? And I always use that example. There seems to be three people in the world, three kinds of people. People who get hit with a challenge and they fall over and stay down. People get hit with a challenge, they fall over and get back up again. And then there's people who get hit with a challenge and they say, bring it on, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't care what the challenge is, I don't care how hard it is. Uh, in fact, there are people who get excited about the challenge because it gives them an opportunity to prove their leadership skills, to prove their common sense skills, to prove their resilience, to prove that here is a challenge and I can overcome it. If you never get any challenges, how can you prove that you can overcome them? Uh, so if you live in a city or a country where there's been horrible things happen, whether it's crime or Mother Nature or terrible people doing terrible things, have you noticed that there will be leaders who stand up? They take control and they aim to fix it. There's other people, and they call some of them even call themselves leaders, but they don't take responsibility. They lay blame. They pass the buck. And oh, it's not my fault. I wasn't expecting that. Well, as a leader, should we all of us be in a position where it doesn't matter what happens, it's one of two things. I've accepted that the worst could happen, I've planned for it, and here's my optimistic solution-finding outcome. Or I was never expecting that, but what can we learn from it? How can we grow from it? How can we come, become better for it? And very interestingly, because I'm right now in my life, there's lots of stuff going on in the world, and people are sharing with me every day. Rowie, I've been flooded. Rowie, somebody's... Got, in my family's got a terminal illness. Rowie, somebody in my family's had a stroke. Rowie, we've had a break-in in our business. Rowie, our building's burnt down. Lots of horrible things people have shared with me just, just of late. Uh, and why do people share that with me? And this is a very personal thing. Because if you come to me and you share something personal with me about what's going on in your life, you'll always get the same response. Can't change what happened. Were you prepared for it? And if not... 
What did you learn from this situation? How can you grow from it? How can you become tougher, stronger, and wiser so that if it ever happens again, you can handle it and or it will never happen again because you put things in place to make sure that it doesn't happen. But I can't change what happened, neither can you. We can only get better and stronger and wiser because of it. But more importantly, are you the person that can handle it? Uh, If you fall down and stay down, what example does that give for our kids? If our kids see that we cry or that we get upset or depressed or miserable or we can't handle a tough situation, are we not then the living example that as adults we can't handle a tough situation? I don't want to be that human. In fact, I don't have an option. I can't be that human. I have people who rely on me to be the optimistic solution finder. How about you? So... If you need to be tough, if you need to be strong, there's two parts to that. It's physical and mental, and obviously they're joined together. How fit and strong are you physically so that your brain is fit and strong mentally so that you can handle a challenge? Are you a solution finder? Are you an optimistic, positive solution finder? And most importantly, can you make people laugh? And every day somebody says to me, Rowie, how, how can I laugh about this? Somebody's sick or somebody's got a terminal illness or my house burnt down or something terrible's happened. The reason for laughing is if I laugh, I have a brain change. Now, yes, if I get puffed and yes, if I lift heavy, I have the mo- the best brain change ever. My neurochemistry in my brain changes so I can think more clearly and be more decisive and come up with a solution. But laughter is a short-term fix. And if you've ever been in a situation where somebody has been able to turn that horrible situation into a laughing and people have laughed, you watch what happens to the stress in, the, in that with all, all the people in the group. doesn't matter how negative people are or how depressed or how anxious or how scared. If they laugh, they always feel better because the, the chemistry in your brain changes when you laugh. So if you can get people to laugh and you can get people puffed, you will then change their brain chemistry. So... I can't, and I'll give you a couple of interesting examples. We've had some Max International students whose businesses have literally gone down the drain because of floods. And one of my students, when asked, uh, what happened? How did this happen to your business? The response was, oh, Rowie, I left the tap on or I left the shower running. And we had a giggle about it because you can't, con- what, ha- what happened to them, they can't control. It was a completely, a, that there, was no, there was no comprehension that that kind of flooding could have happened. But the response was, yep, I left the tap on. And now what do I need to do to fix this situation? Uh, One of my neighbours in uh, the South Island of New Zealand, uh, we were renting while we were building our home. And the day that she was going to move into her new home, the removalists had already started to move stuff into her home. The other house close to us, which is a little bit higher than hers, uh, this gorgeous man has a boat and he hadn't secured his boat effectively. And unfortunately, his boat went for an unexpected holiday and hit my other neighbor's house and completely smashed the side of her house the day that she was going to move into her house. Uh, 18 months later, she's now living in that house. It took 18 months to fix that house. But obviously, I went down there straight away to see how she was because the, the, her brand new, brand new home, she built this beautiful new home and now the whole side of it was smashed. And two things happened. I said, are you okay? And her response was this. It was beautiful. She said, I could laugh or I could cry. I choose laugh. And we both had a giggle. 
And then we looked for positives. And one of the positives, I said, was there anything about that? Because the, the main impact was her master bedroom bathroom, her ensuite. And I said, was there anything about that ensuite that you didn't like? Because this is a great opportunity to change the tiles or change the taps, etc. So we were looking for positives rather than what a terrible thing to happen. And I agree, it was a terrible thing to happen. But now 18 months later, she is living in that beautiful home. It's been completely fixed. Had to take the roof off. They had to pretty much restructure the whole home. But that was her response. What a beautiful response. I could laugh, I could cry, I choose laugh. When you laugh, your brain chemistry changes. You can think more clearly, you can think more creatively, and you can come up with better solutions. So are you the leader, parent, teacher, boss, coach, pastor, who needs to be the tough, strong person for everybody in your life? And can you sing when the going gets tough, the tough get excited? Because I'm excited that I've now got an opportunity to, to, to prove my mental toughness, to show myself that all my training and education and personal and professional development wasn't a waste of time. It was. It, it's now going to show everybody else, including myself, that I can handle this situation. And how do we know how tough we are until tough is the only option? How do we know how strong we are until strong is the only option? So are you fit and strong physically and mentally? Do you know how to turn a negative situation into a positive one by getting people to laugh? And whatever happens, even if you have no control over it, can we control how we respond or react? And the beautiful thing is response able, responsible, response able means I get to choose my ability to respond versus my reaction. Ah! If you react to something, it's like a poison, uh, a bad medication. We react to it and we have a terrible uh, outcome. So let's choose to be responders rather than reactors. Could that be a really good idea? So that when the going gets tough, we actually get excited. Woohoo!